Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. here in beautiful, out in the rural, Berthy, Colorado. Praise God. Well, it's a beautiful day here. We got blue skies. It's going to get up to about 80 where we are. I trust you're enjoying spring weather wherever you may be all over the world. Glory to God. Well, let's get our Bibles out. Let's get into the Word of God this morning, and then we'll approach Him with a word of prayer, and He's going to speak to us. Glory to God. Father, we want to thank you for this glorious day. This is the day that you have made. And since you've made this day, you have brought in and given us provision. In this life, in real time, today, we have a supply from heaven. For our spirit man, for our mind, will, and emotions, for our body, for our relationships, and also for our pocketbooks. We want to thank you that you're the God that supplies all. You didn't say some, you said all of our needs. And so we acknowledge that and we thank you for it right now. And as we get into the word of God, we will believe that from your book, from the Bible, you will speak to us. You will cause truths to be made known unto our spirit man by the Holy Spirit that's within us. And so... For that reason, we're excited. Woo! Glory. We want to get into the Word today. Hear your voice. See what you're saying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Begin believing it and activating it. That is to walk it out in our life. And in that, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm excited this morning. Praise God. I I like prayer school. You know, I decided years ago, and we're flirting with uh, 40 years ago, that when I found out that God wanted to have a place, a living place in our life, that, that he wanted to assist us, that, that he didn't just provide salvation for us and just let us go on our way, waiting for us to arrive in heaven someday, but no, that, that he's willing and desirous to help us in every choice, every decision, everything that we set our hand to. And I began finding out about prayer and and how prayer accesses that which God has provided for us in this life through what redemption the Lord Jesus Christ provided for you and I. And I saw that prayer was necessary, that God couldn't just give me what he wanted he couldn't just give me what he's provided for me but we have to take an active role we have to be a receiver how many know that that with every giver there has to be a receiver and so i saw prayer as a means to receive the goodness of god 
And I'm talking about every area of our life. And I found out that his book, the Bible, teaches us how to pray. And so I had this thought in my, you know, you know, this wonderful mind I have. <laughs> uh, I guess you don't know me very well. Anyway, I figured out, he probably helped me, but I saw that if I could learn how to pray, isn't that what the disciples asked of Jesus? They saw what he was doing. He saw other disciples praying. And, and the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. And so that's essentially what I said within my, in myself. But I didn't just say it. I didn't just pray it. I didn't just ask for it. I began to pursue how to pray. And uh, I even took a a Bible correspondence course. This is before I could even spell the word pastor. I had no clue that I was called in the ministry. This is just something I desired, not just for me personally, but here at that time, I was a husband. There I was a parent. And I knew that I had to provide for this household. And so I was very desirous and eager and motivated to find out how to pray. And so I got into that that correspondence course, and I started digging deep. I started underlining in my Bible. I started taking notes. I started listening to what we used to have back then, cassette tapes, and I would listen to them after I got home from work, and I'd be taking notes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's paying off. <laughs> but the Lord has helped my wife and myself so many times. I, I just... I can't, I can't take the time to, to, to share with you all the wonderful things that he's done because he taught us how to pray as we sought him. And so that's why I'm excited about this teaching on prayer. Now, you understand that this isn't the final word on prayer. Uh, it's not even close to that. But maybe it's enough. I'm hoping that it's enough. I'm believing that it's enough that it wets your whistle, so to speak, and that you'll be motivated to, to get into his book and begin seeking out how to pray. Glory to God. It will bear fruit. He said, if you abide in me, and my word, the Bible, abides in you. Now, you understand, it can't get in, it can't abide in me unless I get it in me. See, there's a lot of things that God can't do for us. If we let that word abide in us, he says, you, the believer, you shall ask or you shall pray. You shall ask and it, that which you've asked for, shall be done unto you. Now, if that's not enough motivation to get you in, into his Bible and to begin studying about prayer, we're talking primarily in the New Testament, then, uh, you know, your wood's wet, Okay. I'm still pursuing today how to become more effective in prayer. And again, most of the time now, I don't really pray for a lot of personal needs. My prayer time now is mostly uh, focused on helping others in prayer. And I'm sure that that's your heart as well. So we've been talking about the prayer of salvation. 
and I'm trying not to take anything um, casually in this in this teaching because I realize that there's all different uh, types of people that are different levels of understanding of the Word of God that that are watching and listening and so I, I, I don't want to miss anything and so for some of you you might uh, many times during this this teaching you're going well I know that well duh you know why we got to be talking about this and that well because we're not the only ones listening and I want to hear it again anyway I, I wanted to get it I want to get that which I know deep down on the inside of me that place that causes faith to be birthed in us along a certain revelation line from the word and so understand that the prayer of salvation will be the most important prayer that any individual on this earth will ever pray and it's the most important because it impacts our life the most not only does it cause us to come into God's kingdom but it will allow us to be with him for all eternity and that's a pretty big impact so let's find out what is salvation let's let's get a baseline here let's make a decision on what salvation means because uh, people from different upbringings different trainings different beliefs that they may have different ideas of what salvation is and so I want you to know what we're talking about what we're praying for what we're going to have uh, manifested in our life through salvation so what is salvation the definition we're using is the heavenly rebirth of the human spirit you see you and I are not a body we're certainly not a, a mind we're not an emotion we're the person on the inside the Bible calls it the hidden man of the heart Many times you can use the word heart and spirit uh, interchangeably. And so understand that it's the need on the inside of us, that part that we can't see, that needs this heavenly rebirth. And so salvation is the rebirth of that human spirit that's on the inside of us. And understand that this is through the living God. You know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about God. But you know, you have to ask them sometimes, especially in 2021. You've got to ask them, what God are you talking about? I mean, I, was, I overheard uh, a TV program uh, yesterday, and they were, they were talking about how Mother Earth was a God. And that if you did certain things towards the Earth, you know, it'll give back to you. Um, hello? We're not talking about the earth being the God of the salvation we're talking about. We're talking about the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's called the Father of glory. He is the living God. Actually, he's the only one true and living God. He is the Father. He is the Son. And he is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I'm talking about <clears throat> salvation through him and that makes sense because he's the only possessor of eternal life no person no entity nothing of this world nothing of this earth has 
eternal life. And that's what you and I lack. And so salvation is the heavenly rebirth of the human spirit, and it is solely found or appropriated or received through Jesus Christ, who we believe is, is God in the flesh. Hallelujah. He just wasn't a special man. He just wasn't a, just a prophet. Yet he was those things. But on the inside, in his spirit, he is God. Therefore, he's always been, and he always will be. That's why it says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, because he has no beginning, and he certainly doesn't have an end. Amen? So, so do, we, <laughs> do we got that? Do you understand what salvation is? It's something that's not of this world. It's something that, that is received from the heavenly realm of God, the living God. And it comes into our inner man or our spirit. So the Bible is clear about this salvation that we're talking about, this salvation that we pray and ask for. And we said this last week that I want you to get this point. Every human being, every individual that's born on this earth, from Adam all the way over to whoever the last person born on this earth before we go into a new dispensation, a new season with God, needs to be saved or needs to receive the salvation that God supplies through his son. There, there are no exceptions. Every individual needs to be saved and it will be up to that individual to receive that salvation. You see, you, you can't get somebody saved without their cooperation. You know, I've heard of religions where, you know, someone will, will uh, leave the earth through death. And they've been taught that if they go to a particular church, that they can light a candle. And just by lighting that candle, it will assure the people here on earth that that person that has left them is going to be able to go to heaven. Well, um, truth be told, nothing like that is found in Scripture. And if it can't be found in Scripture, then it's not a part of God's kingdom and therefore is not true. Now, many people practice that, but that doesn't make it true. You know, we really have to be careful what you and I believe. Because once you believe something, once you get in your, in your head that something is true and you begin believing it, now you've closed yourself to receiving anything that will adjust that belief. See, these people are, are doing these things religiously because they've been taught by people they respect, uh, that they have told them that they have done that, and, and that's you know how you can do it. And so we blindly follow these individuals and in what they're doing or what they practice or what they preach, and then we get to believing it. And then we stop really looking for that which is true. And the perfect example of this is in my own life where I was taught in the 
Christian church, the Christian church, the Christian denomination that my family belonged to, I was taught that because of my relationship with that church, you know, baptized, uh, going to catechism and getting a certificate, uh, being a member, maybe every once in a while throwing something in the offering, being a good person. They, they told me that because of what I had done, that I was going to heaven. Well, it sounded good to me. And that's what all my family practiced and the, and, and, the, and the ancestry before my family practiced. I mean, we're talking about centuries of our family members were were uh, of a particular denomination. So I accepted it. That, that would be the normal thing to do in respect to my parents, in respect to, to my uh, ancestors. I mean, it, it, was just, it, it was the right thing to do in my way of thinking. And so I thought that I was on my way to heaven, and I thought that way for 24 years. And because I had adopted that belief... See, everybody has this misconception that everything that they believe is going to come to pass. No. No, that, that, that's not how it works. The only things that, that are going to come to pass, the only thing that's written in stone, so to speak, is what God says. Because he knows the future. He knows what it takes to get into his kingdom. And Jesus was very clear, and this is get, rubs a lot of people the wrong way. He kept talking about how he is the way, referring that he's the only way to God. And we as humans that are a little bit prideful, we, we want to find our own way to God. Well, that's what I was doing. I had this belief that I was on my way to heaven. And I was very secure in what I believed. And people would come up to me and they would start sharing what the Word of God was saying about salvation and I would reject them. I would say, you don't know what you're talking about. I got it. You're, you're talking to the, hey, you're talking to the choir here. I got this. And so I had closed myself to what God said. And that's a dangerous place to be. And so we have to understand that every individual has to receive salvation, but they have to receive it God's way. The world's way, the religious way, will always be through behavior. And God's way will always be through Jesus Christ in order to receive the spiritual birth. So everybody needs to be saved. Everybody needs this gift of salvation that God has given to the world. And that's why God sent Jesus for the world. Because everybody needs salvation. Look over here in John 3.16. Very familiar scripture. And sometimes the, the most familiar scriptures are the most dangerous scripture. What do you mean by dangerous? Well, because our mind thinks that we know what it says and that we've extracted all that needs to be known from a particular scripture. So when we open to that verse and we read that verse, our mind isn't hooked up. And our mind is really the gateway to our spirit. And so we have to look at familiar scriptures 
We, we've got to pretend, so to speak, that we've never heard that scripture before. And when we come at it that way, we start looking for things that we don't know. And that's when the Holy Spirit rises up inside of us and shines light on particular phrases and words in that scripture. So here we go. We're in John 3, 16. It says that for God, again, this is God the Father. This is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Father of glory. This is the living God. This is the one who has always been, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is at every place at the same time. That God. He so loved the world. Now see, notice that he's loving everybody. That word world is encompassing every human being on the earth. It, he didn't pick out, for God so loved, you know, Jewish people. Or God so loved those that have blonde hair and blue eyes. No, he's saying the world. And that means every individual, regardless of what that person looks like, regardless of any attributes, <laughs> behavior, <laughs> everything. Everybody, every person. Amen? That would be me. I'm included in that, and so are you. What did he do by giving the world through his love? He, he gave his only son. Could I say it this way? We know the son here is Jesus. But let's say it this way. He gave us his only representative. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is the only go-to person that represents God the Father. Now, that's, that's really important. Now, now anytime you, you say things in absolutes, people have a difficult time wrapping their brain around that. But, but, yeah, but, what about this? What about, oh, oh, they keep going off and rattling off all different things. Remember, the Bible's God speaking. And so he's talking about loving the world and giving someone that which will save them from their sins. And he's saying that that person is singular. Jesus isn't a way, so to speak, a, a way of behavior. He isn't a way of believing. He is God's gift. And he represents the Godhead. He represents God on earth. And the, those on earth, their only way, or could I say the only doorway to God and, and having a right standing with him is through Jesus. Hallelujah. So he gave his only son, and then it begins to show us that this gift is for everyone. Whosoever believeth in him. Have you ever been around somebody and they just weren't a very nice person? Uh, maybe they had a history of bad behavior. Maybe they have done evil things to people. And you look at them and you go, you know, man, there's, there's no way God would, would uh, want that individual in his kingdom. There's no way that God, you know, has reached out to someone like that. 
Well, that, that's just not true. I said, that's not true. And I know it's not true because God reached out to me. And I was a horrible person. Horrible. You could tell if you hung around me for any length of time at all that I had no life in me. No life. He said, whosoever believeth in him. That includes your mother-in-law, you know? <laughs> whosoever. There is not one individual that is too far away where God can't reach them and help them if they put a hand towards God through Jesus Christ. Not one. You may be thinking of the worst person in your town. You might be thinking about the worst person at, at your job. You may be thinking about the worst person in your family. God died for that person through Jesus Christ. Wow. That's the kind of love that God is. Hallelujah. Now look at this. It says that whosoever believes in him. So you see God in this verse being the giver of Jesus. But we said earlier that with every giver, there has to be a receiver in order for that transaction to be consummated or to be completed. So here's God giving, and so us on the world side, he's on the heaven side, we're on the world side. It's up to us here in real time to what? That whoever believes in him, See, that's the receiving. That's the receiving. He says, if you believe in him, that individual shall not perish. In plain sense, shall not go to hell. But in contrast to that, but shall have everlasting life. And that's a quality of life that is imparted into us by a spiritual birth. Now understand that if you look at this verse of scripture, you can see that not, not one individual is sent to hell by God commissioning it, by God sending them to hell. Again, this is, this is something that we need to, to really uh, embrace because God has been, uh, well, we've pointed at him so many different times and, and and thinking that he's doing bad things towards, you know, good people. Why would God send a person to hell? If God's a loving God, why would he send them to hell? Well, that's a statement being made of not, number one, knowing the character of God through Scripture. His character is revealed through his Son. Remember, he's the sole representative. Jesus is the sole representative of heaven. And you can know exactly what God's like by just looking at the earthly ministry of Jesus. He's the will of God and the love of God in action. And I don't remember Jesus sending anybody to hell. He did everything to get them to receive the gift. See, when you see this verse, you see that God's not commissioning or sending people to hell because he all, why would he give them the gift of Jesus to go to heaven and then decide to send them to hell? His choice is already determined, for he 
gave his only begotten son. Can you see that? Can you see that? You see, the only reason an, any individual would leave this earth and miss heaven and go to hell is because they didn't receive the gift. Truth be told, they didn't receive the gift. And I'm, I got this close to missing receiving the gift of Jesus Christ. I told you I was a horrible person. I don't want to go into detail of all the stupid and ill-advised things that I did uh, before Jesus, before I had a relationship with him. But I was getting to the place where I was becoming so bitter, so angry, uh, so self-involved <laughs> that I couldn't see Jesus. I couldn't see his goodness. There was a time there that I didn't think I deserved him because I knew that I wasn't a good person. But thank goodness, somebody was praying for me. Thank goodness there was people witnessing to me. Thank goodness God was sending laborers to me. Thank goodness that, that the Holy Spirit was doing everything he could to open my eyes to see the gift, the gift that God gave me. Jesus Christ. Amen. For God so loved the world. I don't usually say this verse that way. You see, this is how I began to have my eyes open to the gift that God gave me. Think about what, how powerful this verse is for an individual if we would speak it personally. And this is whether you're unsaved or you've been saved for 83 and a half years. This, we always need to bask in God's love for us. We really do. Because there's so many things in this world that are, you know, condemning. But when you embrace that God loves you, who cares what's going on out here? In here, I have peace because he loves me. So look at this. For God so loved Bruce that he gave Bruce Jesus. And when Bruce believed in him, Bruce received everlasting Can I get a woo-hoo? Hallelujah. That is so powerful. And there are so many different uh, other scriptures. Let's say it that way. There's so many other scriptures in the book that you need to put your name in there. Put your name in there because you've received the gift. Praise God. You're not this person you were. You're not your behavior. You're not your appearance. You're not your nationality. You're not your... Uh, gender uh oh you're not your gender oh that we should maybe we should park there for a little bit I'll tell you when we get so consumed with this outer man it blinds our eyes to see our need in the inner man that's just one of these uh, 
strategies that the devil has. He wants us to consider ourselves as being solely a human being. And that that's our focus. Well, no, we need to be heavenly minded. We need to be spiritually minded. We need to be smarter than that. We already have evidence that this body is going back to the to worm food. It's going back to the earth. It's going to go back to where it came from. Why should I be so consumed with this outer man when its, its usefulness is limited? When I take the time to concentrate on the inner man, uh, then eternal things start being applied and will have an impact forever. Hallelujah. Now, notice it says that God so loved the world. So God provided salvation for the world because the entire world needed a savior, needed salvation. So he gave the gift that would potentially impact every individual. Hallelujah. Because everyone needed it. So understand this. Whether the world knows this truth or not, they own Jesus Christ. Jesus is their possession. Their God has given them Jesus. He's available to them. It's a gift that has been given. They own him. They own him because God gave him to them. Now at that point, they have to open that gift and receive him. Hallelujah. Well, I think that we may stop here uh, this morning. Usually we go about 40 minutes. I think we're right flirting with 35 minutes. But this just seems like a good place for us to unhook. Uh, we didn't get very far in terms of the notes. But I believe that the Lord was helping us this morning in going in this direction that we did go. Number one, how vitally important it is to see our loving Father as a love God. And stop allowing the world and its beliefs to influence that God does these, these things on the earth that, that take away from individuals' lives. The Bible is clear in John 10.10. 10. It's the thief, and that's the devil and his fallen kingdom of darkness. The thief has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. Everything that takes away from you in your life is not from God. And I know you got these people say, well, where was God when that happened? He was right there with you. But remember, there always has to be a receiver to receive from the giver. He was there in your life in that very moment to give you what you needed. But just maybe you weren't aware of that and you didn't know how to be that receiver in that moment. Well, that's changing. I said, that's changing in your life and that's changing in my life. Amen? If I knew what I know today concerning how to receive the gift of divine healing into our bodies, 
when my father, my dad, was on his deathbed. I could have helped him to be a receiver and to live out his full life. Amen? So understand that in every moment of our life, God's there for us, and he's the giver, and he loves us, and he wants us to have his best, which is all that Jesus has provided for us. When we learn to be the receiver, that's when things get fun. Because then you begin to look at life fearlessly. Do you know what that's like? To never be afraid? To never wonder, oh, how am I going to get through this? Or, oh, no, oh, no. But you see, when you have that relationship with God, where you see him as the one who loves you unconditionally, and he's given you all that he has, and you begin to see how to be that receiver, (laughs) there's no mountain too big, no valley too deep. Now I'm quoting a song. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. You live life fearlessly because whatever comes and things are going to come, we're, in a, we're living in a fallen world. We're living behind enemy lines. And those things are going to come. When you start seeing them through the eyes of being a receiver, you know you're going to get over it. You know you're going to get around it. You know you're going to get under it. Or you're just going to speak to it and it's going to be removed. Amen? It's going to be good. All right, I'm trying to unplug here. What are we doing? Hey! Let's go ahead and believe God, and then I'll let you go do what you got to do today. And uh, Father, we thank you for this time under the sound of your voice. We're so glad that we have an open relationship with you, in that we can go to you anytime, anywhere, and there you are. Actually, you're right inside of us. And so we're thankful that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. We thank you for this great plan of redemption. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for showing us the need for every individual. And we're we're thankful that, that Jesus, because you're the word, you're showing us exactly how to receive that gift of salvation by praying the prayer of salvation. We're excited. We're thankful. And we, we just lift our hearts to you and say, Father, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good to me. Uh, we receive your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm glad that you were here this morning. Hey, you are blessed. Go somewhere and be a blessing to somebody. you got plenty to give. Bye-bye. <laughs>